0: Today is the 15th of September. It is the middle of the month. I think this month it's only 30 days, so we are exactly in the middle. There's a lot going on. There's going to be a lot going on for the next couple of months of all of our lives. I know that's true all the time, but in America there's a lot going on. I just cannot believe that things could get Deeper, yeah. How Christ said we learn everything deeper and deeper. Just seeing how low we can go politically and watching how that's that's coming out and the name calling. And it's not the first time for people who are just starting to pay attention to American politics. Election time is a it's a very disheartening reflection of how little discernment people have when it comes to what they say about each other and then once it's done it's like that fog is lifted but it's very mean very cruel and unfortunately very accepted it's almost like watching a fight you know inside of a ring and we're watching these people mentally fight and we may have whatever opinion we have about either side But at the end of the day, it just gets worse and worse and worse until it's over. So I'm really looking forward to when it's over, and I'm fascinated as to how we're getting there. One of the ways to deal with everything that we are seeing, especially now in our times, we have so much going on, so many spinning plates, and it's been true always. It's just that as we get older, we're more affected by it. We notice it more. We listen to it more. We're part of it. And yet there's a way that people keep themselves stable or stabilized throughout their lives. And one of those ways is by being our own best friends. And why does that even matter? When I talk to younger people and I say, well, you got to be your own best friend. They look at me like I just fell from Mars. To the point where I had someone ask me, well, what do you mean? Of course, I'm my friend. I live with myself. And I said, yeah, I know you do. But a lot of times, we hurt ourselves, but we won't hurt other people. And we're kind of okay about it. Because we don't support ourselves. And if we don't know how to support ourselves, we're going to exhaust ourselves trying to support other people to get what we want to believe about ourselves, and that's that we are a good friend to the people we love. It's so easy to give because when we give and we are not used to receiving, there is no end to giving because it's so much easier to give to others than to face ourselves. And we can do that every day and feel great at the end of every day. But as every day goes by and we are more and more depleted, we have less to give to anybody because we have not built in our own support system. And as we grow older, And we may feel like the world is passing us by because now we've either gotten tired or we ourselves need help or support and we don't have it. We start to feel resentful in life, like, wow, I did all of that and I ended up alone. I ended up needing to do all this myself. Why didn't I take care of myself when I was younger, better, I can equate it to having a bank account and putting money in as you go in life and then being older and having a little safety or support that you can draw from when you need it. So how do you become your own support system? And how does you doing that, because it's a mindset, you being your own support system, show up in the decisions you make and even more importantly, the people you choose to bring into your life because they will have a huge effect on every single part of your life depending on how far you let them in. And they can take you down a road you never thought you'd go down And you may have needed to learn that lesson to remind you to come back and understand who you are because no one else can do that for you. Nobody can. And when we want to dump that on other people, well, who am I? You tell me who I am so I know if you know what you know and if it's true. I'm like, that's not my question. That's your question. It was your question before you met me. It's your question today, and it will be your question tomorrow. Who are you? I can tell you by what I see who you aren't, but only you can tell me who you are. Because just the fact that you would ask someone that question will tell that person, that you're searching, you're seeking. You want to know who you are. And we have not been taught to do that exploration. We have not been taught to put that kind of time into ourselves. We were taught that that was not a good thing. Well, who are you to spend time with yourself when none of us have time to do that? Now, how do you focus on yourself and not on others Without feeling that. Well, the the actual truth and the truth, you know, that truth, love, and purity thing that keeps coming up with Christ. Focusing on yourself first is how you focus on others. There's no other way to do it without wearing yourself out, feeling resentment, feeling alone in a crowd because you know you're giving, 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 and if you can't receive from yourself, you will not be able even to receive a compliment without pushing it away from any other human being. We are, you know, they say direct connect. We are a direct reflect of everything we think and everything we think we want and how we go about fulfilling it or getting it. We spend a huge part of our lives focusing on what others think and not focusing on ourselves. And when I hear that, well, everybody says, well, people are saying, well, okay. There's some truth to what people say. Because why are they saying it about you and not about someone else? Might not be completely true. But it's not a mistake that that theme may be coming up in your life and you taking a look at it and saying, well, I might have said or done something to spur that on, but why did I? Forget who or what or why. Why did I? Why does that theme follow me? Why not this theme? Why not that theme? Oh, that person, they're always looking for the right job. Oh, that person, they're always looking for the right person. Or that, Yeah, we, we can see that. That's like Captain Obvious stuff. But if the person themselves can't see it, and they don't focus on why they're doing what they're doing, they're going to be doing it 10 years from now when you see them again. Focusing on ourselves and not others is, truly a survival mechanism because it is the only time we will reassess situations in our lives and we understand that people can make harsh judgments or rash judgments and decisions towards us but knowing our own role in our own lives our own role in our own lives. King, Who would you be if everyone you knew didn't know you? Who would you be? doesn't matter what anybody says. People are just a person just like you. They have the same challenges. They have the same reason why they're here. They have the same reason why they're here at this time in history. But to take your energy and dart it at another person, and they're the reason why everything is wrong in your life, and you hyper-focus on them, it is because you have focused zero on yourself. You cannot ever change or decide how another person should think about you or anybody else. It is your choice on what you decide to share with others or not, whether it's your time, your opinion, your work. That's why reassessing situations that you are in, like do I want to put my soul in this environment for the next few years of my life? I would ask that question with any job I would take. I did ask that question because I knew That if I did something or met somebody, that that was going to steer my life in a direction. Is that a direction I really wanted to go or am I more intrigued by the fact that I don't kind of have a picture in my head of it and kind of see where it takes me? Do I have the time to do that? Will I affect my children if I do that? Because it will change my atmosphere. It will change my environment. These are conversations that we can have with ourselves every single day. And it takes just a minute. You see a situation, you say, hey, what's my gut? Because now you are a support system for yourself. Well, how did I feel about that? What did I first feel when I saw that? Oh, heck no. Or wow, I can't wait. Or oh, my God, I got so excited. My heart was beating faster in a good way yourself from that little antenna inside of us, that gut feeling that says, hey, go down this road. The one misconception we have about being our own friend is trusting our own judgment. We don't feel we can see what others can see. But truly, you know how they have those those hacks in life, you know, what, what could you do to make your life better, to be your own best friend? How does that even feel? Well, the first, the first thing is, and I've said this before, and I know we have a lot of new listeners, but I'm going to say it again. Treat yourself like you would treat a friend. But how do you do that? That's the bigger thing. It's really a nice saying, treat yourself like you treat your friend. But then you go, yeah, but I'm not my friend. I could get away with this or that. And, you, and you're critical of yourself and you beat yourself up and you actually feel good about it because you feel like you're doing your job, being hard on yourself. But if you're hard on yourself without incorporating the balance of good qualities and talents and abilities that you have, you'll never get to appreciating who you are or what's different about you. You might beat yourself up for what's different about you and that's why you don't get what everybody what everybody else gets. So how do you reframe that self talk? Well you reframe it. And there is a way to do it was and is and will always be to record yourself or write to yourself and go back and listen to it or read it. Because the minute you do that You become a person yourself. And then the questions you'd ask yourself when you start hearing that voice come in your head, that ego decides that it's going to hijack to see if you really can stand up for who you are. Would I say this to my best friend? And then say, what would I say to my best friend? Oh, come on, you could do that. Oh, really? Is that what you're thinking? Don't accept that thought. That's not a true thought. You can do this. How many times would you have said that to someone else and not to yourself? So when you start supporting yourself, because loving yourself or understanding how to be your own support, your own best friend, doesn't come overnight. It comes through rerouting, going back to that fork in the road and rerouting our brain to work with us as opposed to accepting it working against us. Because when you see advertisements, they take that worst voice and they tell you you can change that worst voice because you're going to use their product, buy their car, live in their neighborhood, whatever it is they want to sell you by talking to your worst voice. Every ad is based on a fear of some kind to get you to live in that place of you're not like everyone else, but they're going to help you get there. So when you have that voice and you see those ads, you're like, oh, wow, God, I'm glad I I don't need to hear that. Oh, that just sounds so stupid. Oh, my God, who would listen to that? Well, obviously enough people do for them to invest that much money in advertising because advertising doesn't come cheap. They charge a lot of money for people who can frame and take what we think and use it against us. If something happened and we lost all those products that we've been sold, we'd still be fine. we would still be fine. And we would know that when we can understand what it's like to say no to ourselves, no to our worst thoughts, and we can care about ourselves. So once we are nice to ourselves, nicer to ourselves, and we can be constructively critical rather than Self critical and beating ourselves up. And we can imagine how we would support a friend in the same situation, honoring the needs we have by taking our own advice and putting our own needs first, because that is where the energy will bounce from in every other decision you make. When you can go from not cutting yourself up, not beating yourself up, not blaming everyone else for your issues that you presented to them in the first place because the denial kicks in. You didn't say that. You didn't do that. But if you really think back, you may have. Maybe not in the exact words. Maybe not in the exact actions. But you gave that off. And you've been giving it off before you ever said it to that person and even after. And you've had to fight yourself over it, let alone have to expose it to someone and have them say it to you. Energy precedes words. So when you start taking your own advice, start seeing your own role in your own life. And how you brought to you the things that exist in your life today. Whatever it is. The decisions you have made. The guilt you may carry over some decisions. The I wish I didn't do that decisions. To wow that was a good move. I am so glad that I tried that. That was just a stroke of luck. No, it wasn't. It was a stroke of you understanding what you needed. So when we can say that to ourselves, say, hey, you know what? I'm right eighty percent of the time and yeah I'm gonna get some things off, but I can always go back to that fork in the road and I can always take my own advice. But I have to put my needs first. Otherwise I will not put anyone else's needs first. And what does that mean when you take a day off from work? Do you need one? Or do you just not feel like going in? Because a lot of times we may not feel like doing something, but once we get there, we're really glad we went. Or are you, are you so exhausted that this isn't a good day for you to go to work? You may not be productive. Because I used to catch up myself when my, when my own kids got sick. If they caught a cold, I was like, woohoo, I get to stay home and I'm not sick. And then when I got sick, I would take cough medicine or some kind of medicine for a cold and work my way through work because I wouldn't take a day off for myself, but I would take it off when my kids needed it because I only got so many sick days. But that was my plan. So it didn't make me feel like I wasn't taking care of myself. I felt like I was taking care of myself to get days off when I was useful to myself at home. And I knew that I could take certain medications to dry me up during work and still go and not touch anybody or give anybody my cold. I knew how to do that. It was interesting, but that was a way of self-care for me. And on those days, my kids were not feeling well. I got to take care of them. We would do things we'd, until today, talk about. Because I cared for myself enough to be able to care for them instead of it being all about, well, I can't believe you got sick. I have so much work to do, and now I can't get to it because of you, and you better not move, and you better not enjoy yourself because you're homesick from school. And I have heard parents say this. You get no TV. You can't come out of your room. If you're sick, you're sick. You stay in bed. They're like punishing you for being sick. Because they don't want you to take advantage of them because they themselves would take advantage of themselves. Big difference in how we behave to the same situation And we put anxiety in our kids. We scare our kids from being sick. We make them feel bad that they're home because being home from school is bad. We've inconvenienced our parents for being sick. It just goes all the way down the line of what that parent feels about themselves and how they truly view their children. And it all comes out because their child caught a cold. Because the opposite in my mind was true for kids. I knew my kids missed going to school when they got sick because I never played the game of you're getting away with something. That's not fair. And it's not nice. And it's not kind. So when I hear parents say that, I'm like, oh, holy, oh, holy moly. That poor kid. Not only are they sick, they got to stay in bed all day. And I even had one parent go as far as taking their phone away from them because that would have been too much fun. Punishing them because we punish ourselves. Or they could be the memories your child has for the rest of their lives. Do you remember when I got sick and you wrapped me up in the blanket in the side of the couch and you gave me the remote and I got to watch whatever I wanted and you made me soup and you came and sat with me and you were running around doing all this stuff and you, you baked cookies and you did this and you did that? All because I took care of myself too. And I viewed those days off as a gift. And they are part of that gift. Our time was at the top of the list rather than at the bottom. Because I was at the top of my list rather than the bottom. And when I I saw that parent do that to their kids, because that one I full-on witnessed from top to bottom, I cringed inside. I was like, where did that monster come out? Where did the person I know just go? It was scary. Because those are the things that teach us to hide who we are. Like, well, if I'm sick, I'm not telling my mom and dad because they're going to take everything away from me and keep me in my bedroom and close the door and not let me breathe because I better really be sick. Yeah. Yeah. And then those kids learn to get really sick or play it up so hard, so that somebody will believe them that they are actually sick. But you need love when you're sick, not deprivation from everything and everyone. Geez, it's crazy, but it's true. So Liam writes, "I have found when we live in our minds too much, all we're talking about the self-criticism." The not-been-there-for-ourselves is prominent. I know it's cliche, but when we live in the presence, all that mental noise fades away. That's what I found anyway. It does fade away. It does fade away. Anything we hyper-focus on, we're going to figure out. Or it's going to take us further down the pike if ego comes in, because ego has a job of taking away from us. And the best example is my kids staying home from sick, from being sick. Or I can take it away from them. I can make it, I, I could be that ego for them. I can teach them how ego works by my behavior. Through my self care, I was able to care for them in a fun way and not feel guilty about it that we didn't go to school that day. That day of school will never matter. One day of school is not going to matter anywhere, but how we dealt with it is what matters. That child will carry with them forever self-acceptance or lack of self-acceptance. Oh, when I get sick, I'm ostracized. Oh, when I get sick, I'm punished. I must be a bad person that even when I'm sick, nobody takes care of me. I'm out on a limb by myself just proving that I'm sick. Or, wow, when I don't feel good, I really hate missing school, but at the same time, my mom made the best of it. We made the best of that day. I was taken care of. My needs were met. Big difference, right? That's self-care versus not self-care in a visual of just being home from sick and how, a parent who takes care of themselves cares for their children and a parent who feels like they're always getting away with something will reflect that onto their children. And I know, Liam, when people get too far in their own minds the self-criticism, ego will take it one step at a time, but it'll take you to a point of hurting yourself physically. Because ego will go as far as we take it, just like love will propel. Negative begets negative, positive begets positive. So the filter question of this whole show would be, am I being negative to myself because it's going to take me down one road? Or can I look at myself in a positive voice? You guys, I have 10 seconds. I love you guys. I shall see you tomorrow. Bye-bye.